0: This is Port Stories, brought to you by the Port's Past and Present Project. Sharing stories from five port towns in Ireland and Wales. Dublin, Rosslare, Hollyhead, Fishguard and Pembroke Dock. Funded by the European Regional Development Fund through the Ireland-Wales Cooperation Programme.
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Port Stories podcast. I'm here this morning with my colleague Mary Ann Constantine from the University of Wales, Trinity St. David, the Centre for Advanced Welsh and Celtic Studies. And my name is Claire Connolly from University College Cork. And we have the great privilege this morning of speaking to Bernard O'Donohue, um, whom Mary Ann is going to introduce now.
0: Thank you, Claire, and welcome, Bernard.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Bernard O'Donohue was born in Cullen, County Cork in 1945 and moved to Manchester in 1962, then on to Oxford where he still lives. He's an Emeritus Fellow of Wadham College where he taught medieval English and modern Irish poetry. He's published numerous collections of poetry including Gunpowder, winner of the 1995 Whitbread Prize for Poetry, and in 2016, The Seasons of Cullen Church. He's also a translator from Old and Middle English publishing a verse translation of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight and on Piers Plowman. He's been praised for his expert lyric poems and their generous yet understated control of voice. Many of these poems draw on characters and stories from his childhood in County Cork. Bernard has spent a great deal of time travelling between Oxford and Ireland and is therefore no stranger to the port towns and the ferry crossings at the heart of our project. Welcome, Bernard.
1: Thank you very much, Miriam. So, Bernard, as you know, our project is about trying to kind of uncover the longer history of these sea crossings and, Mm. uh, you know, from the Vikings onwards, people have been uh, making their way across the the stretch of narrow water between Ireland and Britain. But your own history and experience in in the modern period, if you like, still will have seen changes Mm. and uh, transitions, you know, not just in technology and transport, but in other kinds of cultural ways and so on. So I was just wondering, would you Tell us just a, a little bit about the times you've encountered the crossing, the ways you've crossed, that your experiences on the ferries, that kind of thing.
2: Yeah. Um, well, as Maryanne said in the introduction, um, in 1962 I moved to live in England, so I, I became a, it's a different sort of crossing there Because up to that point, um, I was growing up in Ireland with a, a mother from Manchester, which was of Irish origin and so on, but uh, but she'd grown up in Manchester, so. Um, uh, we tra- we travelled from from Ireland, um, mostly from um, Dublin to Liverpool, uh, on BNI. Um, uh, uh, so we were going to Manchester as the holiday destination. You know, so, and uh, and of course that whole polarity changed in 1962 when I um, when I st- when I was living in England thereafter. So and um, and going going the other way, so to speak, you know. Um, the first one I remember, the first crossing I remember was a, a, a very, very um, uh, pre-modern um, experience, which was on the, the ship called the Ken Mare, you know, not to be confused, of course, with the ship that was, um, that was sunk in 1918. But um, it, was a, it, it really was a very kind of basic ship. It was at a time when on the front page of the Irish, the Cork Examiner every day, there was an advertisement for the Innisfallon crossing to Fishguard. And that looked very kind of grand and spelt, you know, compared to the, the Kenmare. It took a long time, of course, as well, to go from Cork to Liverpool and back. I think it was about 1952. But as I said, thereafter, um, until 1962, it was uh, mostly uh, Dublin-Liverpool by by BNI.
1: And when, the, when you'd see the advert on the front of the Irish Examiner or whatever, so that would be to tell you what time the crossing was going and to... It would be sort of a a daily event then, Bernard, or yes, weekly? Yes, or?
2: daily, yeah, that's right, yeah. And of course, until Roger late uh, the mail boat, you know, the, the Donera boat, crossed twice a day. They took the post twice a day from uh, from Donera to Holyhead. And, and I always think
1: it's funny the way we talk about the mail boat and we think of the mail boat when, yeah. of course, it was also carrying lots of people. Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> um, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so people and the post. Yes. Um, Once I was making a very bad job of parking my car in UCC and I was witnessed by somebody, I was trying to get into an incredibly narrow space. Cork writer, uh, Conal Creeden, happened to be passing and he said, well, he said, it's like the turning of the Inish Fallon. (laughs) (laughs) which <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> apparently yes. for a generation of cork people was what they would watch was the kind of the the, the large ship as you say yes. this large sleek vessel trying to get turn around at the top of the uh, at the top of the river at the city yes. yeah and get the, back around the
2: city, yes yes that's right yeah. yeah i remember that i mean there's very very small turning circle it was about 6 foot clear and both yeah. ends of the, of the world was <laughs> extraordinary and really. um, i remember that that was another of the routes of course was um uh, coming, coming into Cork. I mean, as with the Chimera, I suppose. But uh, I remember th- when the Cork Swansea ferry was running um, for quite a long time. It came right up to the uh, right up to the middle of the city, up to Laviskey, didn't it? Um, I remember once um, uh, coming in on, on that stretch under Montinotti, and um, I was reading by chance *The House in Paris* by Elizabeth oh. Bowen. And she was actually describing the scene. I, I've never had that experience otherwise.
1: As I was looking at it, I could see yeah. the house
2: she was talking about in the, on the page, you know.
1: She's so, uh, uh, in the novel there. She's describing it from someplace around Rushbrook or Cove, isn't she? Right, I think looking, right, right. looking down right. and there's a, a very memorable line where she says there's is, the character says the harbour is good company. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's, yeah. I've that. Yes. Mm. Yes and so bernard when would you have um presumably you know the cork route um didn't continue or it it fell away and then it restarted at different points yeah. Yeah. and at what point would you have would you have started traveling through wales or would that have become more part of the your route
2: yeah but it all, already was really from uh, i lived in oxford as mary said since 1965 you know um first as a student and then just living here um, and of course the um Traveling by the kind of by the sort of cheapest method really was um, was what we did sometimes by the mailboat, but um, but mostly just along the along the south. I mean, it's a curious geographical fact that the nearest port to Oxford is Liverpool. Mm. So logically, in a way, you should go to Liverpool to, to Dublin still, but but we never do that. We go straight across the bottom, so to speak. So we go through across South Wales, which is the route that we know very very well indeed, really. And across the south of Ireland, you know, the the Comeragh Mountains and so on. It's a, it's a lovely trip, you know. Um, and we know every, every turn of the road, really, on both sides there, really.
1: I bet um, sometimes I've... when I've made that journey myself, I've, with uh, my husband, Paul, we've played the game of, you know, Ireland or Wales at different points. Yes. When Once you get into West Wales, how would you know now if you were in Ireland or Wales? Yes. So when I first read your poem, Westering Home, it was a real flash of recognition for that exact thing of trying to figure out you know how how do you know where you are. Yes. I
0: I was just going to jump in here because I've got the first couple of um, a couple of lines here Mm. for you which I thought would be nice and, and to ask a little bit about Wales as well. Though you'd be pressed to say exactly where it first sets in driving west through Wales things start to feel like Ireland. And that's the opening of Burns' poem, Westering Home, which evokes a Welsh landscape that's obviously neither here nor there. It's neither Oxfordshire nor County Court. <laughs> and that journey home west through, through Wales by car with the motorway rather wonderfully losing its nerve mile by mile. And it really does do that. And I have to say, when I'm driving that motorway west, I start to relax as the road gets smaller and bumpier yeah. and, and windier. And yeah. and it's the feeling that you know you're you're heading into a known space that's wonderful, yeah. but how I was thinking about how is that part of the experience of negotiating the gap that you talk about between the two two places, the landscapes of North Wales and the Welsh language, crop yeah. up in your poems as well. Yeah. You you encounter them in and from trains, notably the yeah. train to Bangor in in the Rainmaker. Yeah. And, of course, you see whales from the ferries are viewed from the deck, if you happen to be up on deck. And mm. I, I work on 18th-century tours of whales, mm. and I'm always really fascinated by what travellers through places see and feel and think, as well as the things that they don't see. And, and I often wonder how your perception is shaped, actually, by the mode of transport you're in, the difference between driving, between being on a train, between walking even. Um, as well as all those other factors like light, mm. weather, and your own state of mind. So I wondered if you, you could tell us a little bit about Wales as a place that's defined for you by journeys, by the fact that it's the place you travel through.
2: That's really interesting. Um as well, I first met it through Hollyhead, you know, the, tra- the the other end of the mailboard trip, as it were, you know, and travelling on through Wales by train from from there, but actually, when I when I lived in Manchester, I was a school in Manchester in the 1960s. Um, I used to go with my cousins to to a house in Anglesey um, every summer for a few years. You know, past, um, the, the north of Anglesey, around Church Bay, those places, and really loved it. I got a quite a strong sense of of Wales as being different, very other. You know, from Manchester as the starting point, and from Ireland as I knew it, really. So. Um, yeah, um first of all going to Wales by, by train, that's right. Um have been the two main sort of sort of modes really. As you say, it's a very different kind of kind of experience really. Um
0: Because on the on the train you're you're able to encounter somebody else getting on and getting off and you yes, see him reading reading the book of, of poems yeah. in Welsh. And that's a kind of cultural encounter that you can't have when you're in a car, um, traveling with your family through to a ferry port and across. I think it's something we think about quite a lot on the project is Mm. I've often sat in a car, in a ferry port, in a queue, waiting to get a ferry. And and you're in a kind of, you're in your own bubble, aren't you? You're in your own world. yes, Yes. I suppose something about the train connections Wherever yes. I've caught a ferry that's involved getting off a train and onto a ferry, you're, you're put into conjunction with a whole group of people you've never met before, yes. squashed yes. onto a bus and then bust across this extraordinary space of containers and weirdness onto yes. a ferry and then you never speak to them again. But
2: yes.
0: there's those, those wonderful kind of differences, I suppose, in yes. modes of travel.
2: Yes, yes, that's that's very evocative. That's that's true, and the car as bubble, of course, is a very, mm. um, is a very sort of striking thing, isn't it? I mean, you, the car stops you really experiencing
1: or encountering and um, and um, anything else much, doesn't it? Um, One thing I learned at the start of this project when we were um, talking to some people in Fishguard was the existence of a viking fish trap just beneath the um the place where the cars line up in fish guards you know and if Mm. and i wondered i thought how had i never seen that before it's so remarkable Mm. of course you only see it when the tide is out and uh, (laughs) generally uh but it was remarkable to me to think that in this place where i had so often sat with just vaguely wondering would i buy a coffee or not yes 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 and then there's the you know on our on our website there's this beautiful photograph of the Viking fish trap which you can see at low at low tide right, right there you know at your feet kind of yeah
0: would you normally cross fish god or Pembroke dock when you were going by I was
1: I was afraid to ask that Marianne yeah
0: yeah. <laughs> I know. you have to always, say you go to both equally <laughs> well, we actually
2: we must go to Pembroke dock really we just got into the into the mm. way partly actually for bird watching, rather kind of pretentiously, because I mean they've got they've got a kind of guide to the birds on those those wonderful islands, you know, that you go past um going out from Pembroke Dock, which you don't um with Fishguard, I think Fishguard is too far north, is it? But uh, there's um the, the, those
1: gannet, gannet trees and so on. Oh, wonderful! Um, it, is, so, it, is, it is. So you can so you would you would watch from the deck when you're leaving. Yeah, then? yeah, yeah, oh,
2: yeah, great. And it's about three. You know, about three quarters of an hour out, you know, it's quite a way out to see it, so it is a big thing, really. But we just got into the wave as we go by Irish ferry, yeah. so you
0: know. and there's that wonderful sweep down the river as the river, it's a huge, huge expanse, isn't it? Yes. Of, yes. it always feels like being on the continent, I think. Um, yes. it's like a big German river or something that bit. it's it, it very is. surprising, a very surprising bit of geography, I always feel. Yeah, um, amazing, and, yeah. yeah, yeah. Amazing. They,
1: in, it's interesting in Pembroke Dock the contrast between the natural geography and that kind of and the built environment. It's all kind of military and almost imperial, yes, isn't it? Yes, when you come into Pembroke Dock. It it's amazing, yeah. It is and it the is. oil
0: refineries on the on the left as you, you go down as well. Yeah. In the industry yeah. very potent. Yeah.
1: To go back to what Marianne was saying about trains, I suppose um, R.S. Thomas's Memories of Yeats whilst travelling to Hollyhead has to be one of oh, the great yes, Irish-Welsh yes. encounters, doesn't yes. it? Yes, yes, yes. Kind of yes. Po- possible meeting on a possible imagined train trip. Yes, yes. Trains, of course, have a kind
2: of uh, excitement potential that nothing else has, really, for various so we, reasons, really.
0: Yeah, I've really missed that this year. I've missed the yeah. journey... Out yeah. of Aberystwyth up the coast, yes. where the bay opens out, is something something I really regret about other. I mean, otherwise I'm very happy at the minute. Kind yes. of uh, yes. trains. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 I remember being very unnerved when Mrs. Thatcher said that she didn't like trains. Ah. And I thought, you know, what sort of person doesn't like trains? <laughs> Everybody <laughs> likes trains. <you> know? <laughs> oh.
0: Oh. Talking hmm. of birds then, um birds have quite a part to play in your poem about Rosslare don't they? Yes. Um, yes. I was wondering maybe if, if if now would be a good moment to re- to read the poem. And it's tell really us perhaps Tell us a little yeah. bit about how this poem came to be. And um, yeah. but,
2: um I think one of one of the the features of, of these journeys you know um is, is repetition you know you 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 live it, it's like um, what claire, claire and paul were saying about claire about claire was saying about her and paul you know some uh, you know testing points along the way really um you get to to know these routes incredibly well and you go through the same procedures all the time Really. You know. And sometimes you only discover that by looking at, at diaries, you know, you found that you um, did exactly the same thing at the same time, two years ago and three years ago and so on. Um, so uh, um, the, the, the poem is just talking about uh, as you drive from, from North Cork, from Cullen and North Cork, um, to Cork City and across the south coast um, to Rosslare, past Dungarvon and so on, um, uh, this is extremely familiar and you know, very beautiful um uh, road journey um i mentioned already the the the, the road at the south of the coms you know, between the Camara mountains and the sea it's a really wonderful um uh, trip really but you you've got you get over familiar with because it's um, because you, you know it so well really um so this is just kind of stage posts along the way really um, heather my wife is, is um more of a world watcher than me, really. She's extremely keen, so we tend to kind of stop off anywhere we are to, to, to kind of fix the binoculars on the words, you know. <laughs> so we, but in fact, I think actually the, when we came to, um, came to Ireland after um, after getting married in 1977, we got off the boat at um, Ross Lear and went to that, it's an extraordinary thing, this beautiful sandy beach. Which is mm. just underneath the, um, the ferry port, which is very kind of remarkable.
1: And it's, it's a beautiful spot, here. yeah.
2: It really is. It's amazing, yeah, looking out towards the Tuscaraw and so on. Mm.
1: And will you read the poem for us, Bernard?
2: Okay, well, thank you. Yes. <laughs> Sanderling of Ross for Clare and Paul. The standard procedure is to fill up with petrol just past the long scenic sweep down into Dungarvan to drop the bags at the Roslaire Lodge and drive to the beach behind the ferry port, where our boat is all business, preparing to set off. It will reach Wales and then cross back for us to embark in the morning. As the twilight deepens, the on-off of the Tusker light finds its range. We are watching a stone chat swaying precariously on its perch. At the water's edge, a small flock of sanderling is pattering to and fro, letting us almost catch up, then shrilling off in a sparkling V of flight to settle on a new ridge of sand 50 yards ahead. Having escaped us, they run to the sea, which in turn runs at them, so they double back. This is where they live. It's where they will be when we next start out from the same perfect point of departure.
1: Thank you so Lovely. much for yeah reading Lovely. it Beautiful. there's really something and and um i thank you for the dedication as well bernard it's yeah. Yeah. sincerely appreciated yeah. Yeah. there's something there about those lines at the end about when we next start out that expresses yeah. the kind of enduring nature of these journeys yes. so you, you were talking about them earlier on in terms of habit and custom custom and practice and so on mm. and probably seems impertinent to ask having just heard you read but are there any other writers whom for you um help us to kind of see these enduring connections or think through and think about the nature of the sea crossings between ireland and wales
2: yeah um well as, as well as the or as thomas poem you mentioned you know there's um um uh, c. d lewis's um fish girl to ross is a is, is a kind of masterpiece i think really i think mean, what that really captures as well is the there's something kind of um um twilight about it all you know i mean at this point mm. which is well really you're always on on the point of doing doing something else you know and like then going somewhere else so there's um a, a, a sort of mar- marginal feel to it all really mm. um so the, the um and of course it's a very strange thing to do because um I and mean, then just to show you here, literally, what you do the boat is there ready to go on the previous crossing when uh, when you arrived there. So you watch it setting off as you will be um, the next day and stay overnight. It's just a way of uh, breaking the journey, really. But there's something very odd about that, I think. Um, mm. a, a bit like the, the birds running to the sea and then running back from the sea. Yeah, and so but, um,
1: yeah it's marking time, passing time, all, all these yeah, things together. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: I also like the fact that the birds live there and you're passing yeah. mm. through whereas yes. we think we think of birds as things that that fly through our lives that fly through the feasting hall that that, that are transient yes but in fact here yes. we are the transient ones and it's the birds yeah. who have their little their routines their patterns their their little feet on the sand um, yeah. yeah I think that's a that's a very vivid and and actually very evocative from our point of view because in the project we're always thinking about what it's like to to be and to live in a place mm. that sees people passing through it on a daily basis and and yes. how that affects the the rhythm and the tide if you like of of their commerce of their cultural lives and and the pattern of their days when you live in a port town and you see the ferry come in and come mm. out mm. that's a regular thing for them that's that's like a, a part
2: of the the heartbeat of the town i suppose yeah that's yeah absolutely absolutely and of course it's it's it is a great kind of marker of time i mean like the op- the opening scene of uh of ulysses you know with um haynes looking out at the mailboat, you know um from from the marsala tower and the ginger man don't leave ginger man is uh the the, the mail boat's a major presence in that as well really. So they're, they're like the sort of clocks, aren't they? Really, if you yeah. live there, I suppose, really. Mm. Yeah. I was very, this is slightly different, but I was very struck by something that Cahill Dallas, who's a, a London based Irish writer, you know, uh, he said a few years ago that he'd just been talking to somebody in des, in December and they said to him, Are you going home for Christmas or are you staying at home? <laughs>
0: That's Could lovely.
2: I kind of catch really or something lovely. about you know, the. Um, yeah yeah
0: Yeah, between, between two homes really yeah, yeah
2: two and the yeah. two different senses of the word in a way aren't they? yeah you know.
0: it
1: is oh. yeah yeah well, thank, thank you very much,
2: much. Well, thank you very much thank you, you. Yeah. Very really honored.
0: enjoyed it thank, thank
2: you, you too. thank you very much